Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's June 21st, 2007. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by... Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day in 2007 that Oakley, the sunglasses company that you've probably heard of and will definitely have seen on the faces of <laughs> sold for $2.1 billion to Luxottica, another sunglasses company that you probably haven't heard of but should have because as a result of this purchase on this day, they then owned or otherwise controlled 80% of major eyewear brands, and since then, they've only gotten bigger. And Luxottica had relatively humble origins itself. It was started in the 1960s by an Italian metal worker called Leonardo Del Vecchio, who made frames for other companies. He then started branching into the distribution and the retail side, and this is where Luxottica has the advantage over all its competitors, is that it owns, basically, it's called vertical integration, and it's when a company owns basically the entire supply chain. So not only were they making frames, they were also distributing them, they were also making them under license for other brands and owning retailers. And this is what gave them the competitive edge that it took to buy Oakley because Oakley didn't particularly want to be bought. Yeah, back in 2001, Luxottica actually clashed with Oakley, which at the time was the pretty much the hottest make of sunglasses in the world. And Luxottica had just bought Sunglasses Hut and basically uh, immediately Del Vecchio demanded that its suppliers drop all of their prices. And Oakley said, no, we don't want to do that. Thank you very much. And so in the summer of 2001, the company's founder, Jim Jannard, he then flew to Milan to pretty much have it out with Del Vecchio and try to strike a deal. And Janard had actually founded Oakley out of the back of his car in 1975. So it was a business that he really cared about. But apparently the conversation did not go well. And at the end of it, Janard said that he hoped the two men would one day be friends. And Del Vecchio reportedly replied, we will never be friends. (laughs) Well, he's a pretty hard-nosed businessman, obviously. And in a sense, all credit to him. I mean, he's in his 80s and is still running this company which, as I say, is now even bigger thanks to a merger with the French lenses maker Essilor. The company is now called Essilor Luxottica. It has a combined market value of more than 50 billion euros. And obviously he's got there by being very savvy, and it is just capitalism. But it's one of those areas where you think, it's a monopoly that ostensibly deals in luxury goods, so maybe it doesn't matter. Because what does it matter whether you choose Prada glasses or Chanel glasses? Does it matter if it all goes to the same company? But it's got so large now, because of that vertical integration that you alluded to, they literally own Sunglass Hut, they literally own Lens Crafters. And the reason why it matters, of course, is because if a company has absolute monopoly over a product line, then they can go, do you know what, those glasses that were £500 are now £1,000, and what are you going to do? Yeah, and they have actually run into trouble with that quite recently. In 2021, France's Competitions Authority fined Essilor Luxottica, as it's known now, €125 million for fixing the prices their retailers and opticians could charge for its 
products and also retaliatory measures against those who didn't comply, such as cutting them off from deliveries. And it also unfairly banned retailers from selling some of its brands online. And this is actually an interesting aspect of the eyewear industry is that um, online sales only account for about 20% of total eyewear revenue because this is one of the only industries where physical yeah. premises remain yeah, a you want to try them attraction on. for customers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is a big industry that's built around the fact that also we are increasingly a species that needs more and more glasses. So in 2017, which did an investigation and they found that of 20 brands stocked at Sunglass Hut, 16 of them are from Luxottica. And at David Clulo and John Lewis Opticians, it's probably about the same. Yeah. And all three of those are owned by Luxottica. So I think that's what makes this difficult to regulate because eyewear is such a blurred area between, <laughs> as you said earlier, Lux- oh, sorry, that was not meant to be that was, I just want to make it very blurred clear that was area. not meant to be a goodness. I actually, I actually said blinded by earlier as well, but nobody picked up on it. And I thought, well, as long as I don't make any other inadvertent eye puns. Um, but, you know, it, that, I think that's what makes it difficult to regulate is that on one hand, it is a luxury product and it is like you touched on Ollie easy to think well who cares mm. but it's obviously also got a medical aspect yes. too and now that mm. Luxottica owned the prescription lenses as well you can see how it is something that billions of people actually do need. I mean we haven't given the full list but in addition to the brands we've already mentioned they also have Dolce & Gabbana, Versace, Burberry, Ralph Lauren, Tiffany, Persol, Ray-Ban, DKNY and Coach. <laughs> That's just yeah. like half the list. It's everything. So it really yeah. is everything. I mean, I should say, by the way, because they do have lawyers who listen to these things, it's not literally everything. And they would say it's something like 10% of the world market that they own or operate. But of the brands, it's the vast majority. It's a little bit like yeah. the situation we have with alcohol. Apparently, two companies provide 90% of beer in America. But wow. there's the illusion of choice. You know, there are all these different brands. Are you buying a Miller or are you buying a Heineken? Whereas actually, you know, the breweries behind the scenes are very often the same. And I came across this quite recently to give you the implications of this sort of super firm that stifles the competition. When Russia invaded Ukraine, I thought in my very small way, I'm not saying that this was anything, you know, any great gesture. But I thought next time I buy a bottle of vodka because my drink is Dirty Martini. I'm not going to buy Stolichnaya, which is the one I normally buy because that's the Russian one. I'll switch. I'll buy Absolute because that's Swedish. But they're both owned by Perno Ricard. So I'm still giving the money to the same company that facilitates the Russian one. <laughs> Putin, I hope you're listening to this because <laughs> that's obviously a threat that you're not going to be able to weather. But the point is, I'm trying to make an ethical choice and I literally can't. Well, now imagine <laughs> that Perno Ricard also owned Asda and Sainsbury's <laughs> yeah, and Morrison's yeah. and you can see what the issue is here because... You know, if you're listening in the UK, in 2021, they acquired Grand Vision, which is the parent company of Vision Express. And with Boots Opticians being part of another conglomerate, the Walgreen Boots Alliance, Specsavers are now the only major chain that aren't owned by a vast conglomerate. And to finish the story of how Luxottica finally did get their hands on Oakley. To make it clear. Yeah, to pull it into focus. Mm -hmm. Sunglasses Hut stopped selling Oakleys and the chain made up about a quarter of Oakley's total business. And simultaneously, Luxottica got Ray-Bans to start producing these bright blue and green lenses that were very similar to Oakley's trademark ice and emerald coloured shades. Oakley then sued, but Luxottica denied the allegations and the case ended up being settled out of court. It's like those people who get a parking ticket and they're like, it doesn't matter, I can afford to spend the £200. Uh, It doesn't matter, sue us, we'll buy your company. (laughs) Yes, and that's what happened. And then in 2007, Luxottica just bought them out. (laughs) And there was a really weird thing, which was that Jim Jones 
Jannard, it was no longer the CEO of Oakley by this point, but he was a majority stockholder. And what he'd been doing, it seems like, is buying up the shares because he could foresee that Luxottica's plan, as obviously the value of Oakley's was dropping because they were no longer being sold in Sunglass Hut, was to conduct a hostile takeover, yeah. i.e. going and buying all the stock directly from the stockholders who don't want it anymore because it's not worth anything. But then he sort of capitulated and sold the company. I mean, one explanation is obviously to be found in the fact that he personally stood to make $1.3 billion from the deal. But it actually seems like it wasn't just about the money. He did seem to eventually make peace with the situation. And in 2013, this was his take on the whole situation. He said, Oakley is my business daughter. After 32 years, she met and married an Italian guy. Apparently, <laughs> looking at the stock price, he is taking really good care of her. <laughs> a bit of a weird analogy well, when he's like 86 now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Del Vecchio is regarded by some to get his way sort of by fear. He's now Italy's second richest man. But I saw this fascinating feature in The Guardian where various people who went on the record but didn't offer their names said that he'd used tactics that are like, quote, getting a horse's head in bed. That's just racist. <laughs> People say that about any Italian thing, won't they? <laughs> well, another of them concluded his interview by saying, you can quote me as long as it sounds like I'm sucking Del Vecchio's <laughs> That seems strangely so, Italian too. That- <laughs> I mean, actually, one way that he did use his Milan connections was his very first client was Armani, which is an impressive first client, I think we can all agree. And, yeah. like, all credit to him for realising the opportunity. You know, that here I am in Hertfordshire... I'm sure 50 years ago, I couldn't have gone to the optician and chosen as my sunglasses something from Armani. But he saw that I might want to. And that's clever. And he saw a niche. But the problem is the markup. And we talked about this in our Martin Shkreli episode as well, didn't we? With drugs. When it becomes obscene, and obviously with the case of, of prescription drugs, those really are necessary products. But when it becomes obscene is when you know that the product doesn't cost that much to make. And we know yeah. that sunglasses made in China cost about 30 to $50 to make yeah. and then retail for up to $800. Yes, but it is weirdly one of those product categories where people are actually happier to pay more. That sort of reassuringly expensive idea that people have about luxury goods. They can be told countless times that th- there's a max limit on how much these things take to produce, but we just can't get it out of our heads that you know more expensive is more goodness <laughs> sorry <laughs> why do they have you writing the slogans for our money <laughs> they should do <laughs> house of mcnichol where more expensive is more goodness <laughs> it just doesn't translate from the australian very easily <laughs> tomorrow and they actually pulled off two other jailbreaks so you can see how it was exciting to follow in the press Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.